1: On the roads, there is new legislation that has gone into effect in this province when it comes to impaired driving. Bill 21 changes how impaired drivers are penalized and how they are handled during initial roadside stops. Supporters say these are tougher laws, but there are some who say the new changes are alarming. Um, The new rules are modeled on what has been done in BC for a number of years now. Let's find out more. We're joined by Paul Doroshenko from Acumen Law. In BC. Paul, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right. We've talked about this a couple of months ago. It is here now in Alberta, in Alberta legal here now. What does it mean for um, Albertans?
0: Well, it means you're issued the driving prohibition right there. You're not going to court anymore. Uh, You've got a 90-day driving prohibition followed by another 12 months with an interlock, so 15 months in total. Uh, And you don't don't get in front of a judge. You don't get to cross-examine a police officer. You don't get to challenge the evidence by the normal means. It's a presumption of guilt instead of a presumption of innocence. And you've got to pay for a hearing. Uh, you've got to follow all sorts of funny little steps they've got, and then you get 30 minutes to make your case, and that's it. And that's only if you dispute it, right?
1: Yeah, and I was going to ask you, so when it comes to those disputes, all right, so if you get pulled over and you blow over, and I, from what I understand, I think you can, you can ask for a second um, uh, test, but it's up to the officer to decide whether or not that's going to happen. Explain that process. How does one get um, to, to get in front of a judge in, in, in a case like this?
0: Well, in B.C., it's a roadside test, and you can demand a second test. In Alberta, it's not as clear. It just says a reasonable grounds of a police officer to conclude. So uh, like a police officer on a balance of probabilities in their mind, not like proof beyond a reasonable doubt or anything like that. So how they gather that evidence uh, is going to be a big question. There's no requirement here in this legislation that I can see that, that is for the police to make two samples. So you've got one sample instead of two, you know, traditionally we had two samples with a a deprivation period in between, an observation period beforehand to make sure that the samples are reliable because breath testers don't know where the alcohol is coming from. They don't know if it's coming from your mouth or if it's coming from your lungs, right? If it's coming from your mouth, it's contaminated and elevated. Uh, But those procedural protections are just washed away here Uh, and, you know, the police... Doing things in accordance with their uh, their requirements, their their strict stipulations to do things correctly, uh, you know, are sort of washed away as well. Because again, it's just like it's a paper report now, and you don't get to cross-examine the police officer or demand further disclosure.
1: Yeah, it just seems like there's there's some there's rights being stripped away here, uh, in, in my opinion, from everything that I've read about it.
0: Well, the Alberta one appears to be worse than the BC one, and you have to remember the first version of the BC one was struck down. Uh, It went to the Supreme Court of Canada, and it was struck down, and I'm I'm sure there's going to be some resilient uh, uh, Alberta lawyers who are going to look at this thing and think to themselves, you know, this isn't right. We've got to take this thing Mm -hmm. uh, to court. And the last version uh, of the ALS system in Alberta was struck down uh, at the Queen's bench level and then again at the Alberta Court of Appeal. That was, you know, maybe for a different argument than this case, uh, part of the argument there was that the two processes were tied together, the criminal and the administrative. Now what the Alberta government's done is said, oh, okay, if you're going to treat us that way, we're just going to make it all administrative. And I don't know that the court's going to buy that uh, when they start looking at the, at the lack of procedural protections here.
1: Mm-hmm. Now it's important to note that criminal and repeat offenders will still face potential criminal charges and un- other penalties under the new legislation. I think a lot of focus is on those the the first time offenders. There the, the the proponents are saying that this is going to help clear up the backlog in the courts. Will it do that? And is is that is that worth doing this?
0: Well, that's an interesting thing because when we had it in BC, the government would never have admitted that. They never would have said. Said, no we're just doing this to to so we don't have to pay for people to go to court pay for a judge and pay for a prosecutor and pay for a police officer to go to court they never would have admitted that in bc in alberta they've just outright like we just don't want to pay for justice uh you know we we, we just uh we don't want to pay for quality evidence that's what the government said and you know they've got three uh you can have a third offense uh with this uh with this regime you know first offense is uh Uh, uh, 90 days and and, uh, um, 12 months and the second offense is 90 days and then three years and then third offense is 90 days and uh, some sort of lifetime have an interlock in your car so it's not a situation of it's just the first time offenders right the Alberta government is selling that that's a part of their their shtick but if you start digging down you realize well actually you know what they're just going to keep giving administrative so no criminal no criminal contact consequences no criminal record which in lots of times is great but what about you know your right to actually challenge it and what about those Mm -hmm. people who are the chronic uh the chronic drinking drivers who are putting us all at risk
1: do you think that these fines that they're you know implementing for the first go around is 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 that really a deterrent or do you think that's a moneymaker for the province
0: it's been well studied that fines uh don't deter but this discussion that we're having does people hearing this on the radio are going to think twice for the next week or so uh, after that people don't remember what the punishment is people persuade themselves that they're not going to get caught you know the, the people who take the risk uh, so they're not sitting there thinking to themselves well it's twelve hundred dollars you know yeah. the, the disingenuous alberta government uh, leaves out the fact that it's twelve hundred it's they say it's a thousand but there's a victim fine surcharge of 200 so it's a twelve hundred dollar fine uh, first time out on top of this 15 months of consequences uh people aren't thinking that they're not thinking about that at the time they make that decision they're thinking to themselves oh it's a few blocks i can make it home uh you know if they have an accident and they kill somebody then it's a nightmare if they make it home mm. then you know they persuaded themselves that they 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 got away with it uh, but um, it's the we fear have- of getting caught that deters people
1: We have heard um, that supporters of the B.C. model um, have said it's reduced the numbers. We know Mothers Against Drunk Driving applauding the option to to do this, saying that it has saved lives. What has your study shown in B.C.?
0: Well, the, the interesting thing and the sort of hilarious thing is, remember, this law in BC was struck down for a period of about seven months, and during that seven-month period, we had the least number of deaths on the road, <laughs> and that was when the law was not in effect. Um, you know, the 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 law has led to a couple of things: uh, more police officers standing at roadblocks because it takes them less time. Uh, so, in that respect, it's really an issue of resources, right? Um, as far as reductions in deaths, ICBC, the Insurance Corporation of British Columbia, of course, we have this huge monolithic uh, insurance company that's owned by the government could not confirm the numbers that uh, that they were saying out of this other office at, uh, at the superintendent of motor vehicles with respect to deaths so you know that's a that's a real sales pitch as far as i'm concerned i don't i've never ha- felt that the uh, uh, scheme that we've got in bc here has been the reason that we've seen a decline there's been a decline overall across north america there was a decline in quebec and they had no changes to the law partially to do with safer cars partially to do with older population you know these are things that seem to have a big effect
1: paul what happens can can can, if i got pulled over on the way home from from somewhere um can can a police officer make me blow um blow into the machine even if they don't really have any grounds to do so and 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 what if i said no
0: yeah, it's, uh, you know, the federal government changed a law uh, December 18th, 2018, lets them just pull you over without any grounds and demand that you blow into a roadside breath tester. If you refuse, it's a criminal offence. Yeah. Uh, you can either end up with one of these uh, these uh, immediate roadside sanctions, IRS they're calling it in Alberta, uh, or you can end up with a criminal charge, a two thousand dollar fine, minimum one year driving prohibition, criminal conviction. I mean, that's one of the more frightening things to me because when they introduced the roadside device that they're using now, uh, and they introduced it in Alberta and in BC at the same time, we used to use two different ones in Alberta and BC. They introduced this device, and and in both jurisdictions, they saw refusal allegations shoot up. It's not because people were saying, no, I'm not going to blow. It's because people were trying to blow and their new machine didn't, wasn't able to to accept a sample. So the parameters were different than with the old ones. It wasn't that suddenly there was a bunch of refusal people out there, right? It was just that the, the, the device works differently. Uh, and so lots of people end up charged with refusal. Uh, and many people end up convicted of refusal when they tried to blow.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, Paul. I mean, it's it's it really is a no-brainer to you know please don't drink and drive. Let's you know just don't do that. And it's still it's 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 amazing to me that that still is uh, is a challenge for for some folks. But what what do um, what do we need to know going? It's a holiday season. It's we're getting into that time of year. I mean, take a take an Uber, take a cab, do that sort of thing. But I, I'm wondering what you would what tips you would leave any anybody with uh this afternoon in case uh they are pulled over but again i don't want to this is really weird to say i don't want to say hey you know just in case you do it because i don't want you to do it at all but what do people need to know
0: well, the problem is situations are, are fluid, right? And so advising people beforehand on how they're going to handle it yeah. uh, is really yeah. difficult. If you're okay. told by a police officer that you've got a right to talk to a lawyer, demand to talk to a lawyer at that point, if you're asked at the roadside to provide a sample, uh, you know, your best bet is to try and blow. Because if you refuse to blow, you're, you know, you're you're facing a criminal charge. That's yeah. the unfortunate thing. You know, I guess the the thing is, from my perspective, is that the people of Alberta have to look at it and say, is this what we want for a scheme Um, you know balancing the quality of the evidence the quality of the review provisions and and the harsh harsh consequences that flow from it
1: is there any province that's doing this right in your opinion? Uh,
0: you know, every one of them starts off with the idea of doing it right. And then, uh, it, you know, I've seen all a bunch of the discussion and the debates that, that uh, played out here in B.C. They start out with the right idea and then people get in there and say, well, why don't we do it this way? Why don't we do it this way? <laughs> the Alberta government is looking at the mistakes that B.C. made and is trying to make it worse. Like they're doing everything they can to discourage people from from disputing it. Uh, and that's a, mm-hmm. that's a real problem in my view. And I, I hate to see governments doing that because it's completely uh, inappropriate and wrong for a government to be trying to discourage people from from having those rights to to challenge the evidence has anybody done it right you know if I sat down with a notepad uh, and a sheet of paper I could probably design a scheme that would be fair Uh, I don't know why the government doesn't ever consult uh, lawyers in in private practice about (laughs) these things you know they just go and write the law and think oh this is gonna be this is gonna work it's gonna cost you guys millions of dollars in court challenges taxpayers are gonna be paying for that
1: Paul Doroshenko, joining us this afternoon. Paul, I know you've made time for us out of a very busy day, a busy schedule. So I'm going to let you go. Thanks for this. I appreciate it.
0: Nice to speak with you.
1: Daycare, care, Paul Doroshenko. He's a criminal defense lawyer with Acumen Law in Vancouver. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's been interesting to to kind of chew on this over the past couple of months, from when we from when we heard about it. Um, yeah, they're saying, you know, pretty much for the first time. Uh, the new rules can mean an immediate $1,000 fine, a 30-day vehicle seizure, and mandatory impaired driving education. Um, but you're not necessarily going to get a chance to to go to court, right? Uh, there, there's concern among a lot of people saying, hey, you know what? Uh, the right to a trial is essential. Um, and there are some that are that are saying that y- you should have the right to fight your case of appropriate uh circumstance and face your your accuser now from what i understand and from what paul was saying you can you can ask you can ask um you can you can ask for uh, a review but it's it's the the system who is going to determine that. Will they allow you to have that review? The last thing I want anyone to think is that um, I'm defending anyone who has drinks and goes behind um, the vehicle, behind a wheel of a vehicle, because um, it has hit too close to home for uh, our family. We, um, we've been to funerals of, of, of people who have died in horrific drunk driving accidents. But I also believe um, that if you get charged with something, you should have um, your chance to appear in court um it will be interesting to see how this uh how this plays out i know there's a number of people who are going to say as well you know you're not going to necessarily you're not going to get that that uh that criminal um mark on your on your record for your first time and a lot of you're going to support that as well absolutely but criminal and repeat offenders will still face criminal charges and other penalties under the new legislation